Jewish audio on Kaban.org. Rambam, Mishnah Torah, Hilcha Shabbos, the laws of Shabbat, Pedic Yutes, chapter 19. Continuing in the laws of transferring from domain to domain, carrying on Shabbos. We may not go out on Shabbos wearing any weapons. Now the question is, is it a weapon or is it an ornament? Some people get dressed up with weapons just to look cool. So the Rambam brings down the halacha that one should not go out on Shabbos wearing weapons. If he did, if it is stuff you wear, for example, a coat of mail, a helmet, and heavy or iron boots. So those are wearing weapons. Then he is exempt. Forbidden, but exempt. Which means, he's not liable, but it's not something you should do. Why is he not liable? Because those are weapons you wear. So you can argue you're wearing them. But if he goes out with weapons that are not worn as garments, period, whatsoever, and he gives a list here, again, Reimach, a spear, Vesayef, a sword, Vekeshes, a bow, Ve'ele, a round shield, vitris, a triangular shield. All of these are not things you wear. These are things you carry. Harezachayev, one is culpable because these are not ornaments, even if you want to argue that a weapon could be ornamentation or, or could be an ornament. I think the word is ornamentational. I've shared in the past the story that uh, when we were celebrating the wedding of my oldest son, we were in Jerusalem with my father of blessed memory, and on Friday night we met a Hasidic Jew with a big white beard with the whole outfit, and he's carrying a big gun or a rifle or whatever they carry in Israel. And uh, I walked over to him, and in a joking way I said, that's not loaded, is it? And he says, of course it is. If it wasn't loaded, I wouldn't be able to carry it on Shabbos. And the reason is because he needed the weapon to defend uh, Jerusalem, to defend Israel, to defend the Jewish people. Therefore, it's not like he's wearing it as an ornament. He's wearing it as a weapon. And as a weapon, you better have a weapon with, as Jackie Mason says, guns, they don't scare me. Bullets, they terrify me. You better have bullets in order to be able to use it as a weapon. Beis and Yitzin besandel misumer shesimre lechaskei afila biyomtiv gazrul of shaliyitzabei. Here is an interesting law. In order to understand this law, we have to have some background, and the Rambam brings down in his Pirush Hamishnayis la Rambam that there was a time when there was severe religious oppression. What else is known? And many Jews, fearing for their lives at that moment, 
gather together for prayer and study in a particular concealed location. When they heard a noise outside, they thought that they had been discovered by their enemies, and so they panicked. And in the confusion, hundreds were crushed by these shoes we're talking about. That was a very popular shoe, sandal mesumer, a sandal with nails that holds it together. And these nails came loose and they crushed and they hurt and they brought terrible harm to to people. So a decree was issued that the Jewish people should not wear those types of shoes. Uh, They could be dangerous in a panic. They bring back memories and so on and so forth. That's the background. Now let's learn it again. And Yetzim besandal mesumer one should not go out wearing a sandal studded with nails to fasten it. Even on Yontav, when you're allowed to carry. They decreed that people should not wear it because of the story I just mentioned. It is permitted to go out wearing a belt with pieces of gold and silver. Embedded into it like a king wears. Like kings do. Because if it was money, as we will learn, you're not supposed to handle money on the Shabbos. But this has become a decorative ornamentation. The rule of thumb is, is that ornamentation, ornaments, jewelry, are by and large <coughs> permitted on Shabbos but we're going to learn many circumstances concerning jewelry. The who, but with regard to this particular belt, we're going to learn a new rule now. It should not hang loosely. What's the problem with hanging loosely? And here we come into a whole new arena, and that is rabbinic decree. When it comes to laws of carrying, we're concerned that this loose belt will fall off in a public domain. What happens when a belt falls off? You pick it up, and you walk with it, you carry it, so therefore, one should not go to begin with with a loose belt, lest it fall off, and you carry it. Now, in order to begin to understand paragraph 3, I'd like to give a little bit of an introduction. We're talking about wearing particular items on Shabbos. Is one permitted to wear them? Why would one be permitted to wear them? Because it's decorative, it's ornamental, it's jewelry. So we need to first show that it is for that particular person an item of decoration and jewelry and ornamentation. Because if it's not, then there's nothing to talk about. On the other hand, a person has to wear it in a normal fashion of wearing it. Because we learned earlier that if you take something that you usually carry and stick it in your hair, then it's not the normal way of taking something out. So one is simply exempt because one carried something in an abnormal way. Exempt is the buzzword. It's not permissible. You're just not liable. So we need to have the best of both worlds. It needs to be an ornament, but it also needs to be worn in a normal wearing fashion. Gimel 3, Tabas, a signet ring, meaning 
as the Megillah tells, that they used the king Achashverosh's ring to sign decrees. That's what they used back then, signet rings. Who wore signet rings? Mitachshite ho'ishi. This is accepted ornamental jewelry for a man. man men would sign things. Ve'ene mitachshite ho'ishi. It's not normal jewelry wear for a woman. Some rings without signet rings, without the signature part. Mitachshite isha. It's a normal Jewelry wear for a woman, but not for a man. So, to review, the normal mode of wear for a ring for a man is a signet ring. A woman, a non-signet ring. Therefore, a woman who walks out with a signet ring, not a normal thing for her. And back then, a man who went out with a non-signet ring, Chayovim would be culpable. Why would they be culpable? They never do that. It's not a normal mode of wear. Why would they be culpable? They brought them out in a way that no one does. They should be exempt based upon the principle I just explained and we learned earlier. It's only normal for a man to wear on his finger a ring that he usually does, which is defined as a signet ring. A woman normally wears a ring that's fit for her, a non-signet ring. So why are they culpable? Why would they be liable? The answer is very interesting. Nay, because... Shepomim, because sometimes it happens that a man will say to his wife, do me a favor, take my signet ring and put it away in my drawer in the house. Instead of carrying it, she wears it. So here we see where a woman wears a man's signet ring. Aha, so she does wear it. Sometimes. Or a woman will give her jewelry ring to her husband and say, do me a favor, take this to to the repair shop for me. Take this to the jeweler. What does he do? He places it on his finger as he takes it until he gets to the jewelry shop. So therefore we see scenarios here that they wore these rings. She wore the signet ring to bring it home for him. He wore the jewelry ring to bring it to the jewelry store. And therefore, in a case where they do it, they are culpable because sometimes it happens. Now we come to the next step. In that case... Can a woman wear a non-signet ring? The answer is no. And we're going to have to talk about how this relates to nowadays. Because we know that nowadays women do wear jewelry on Shabbos outside. So, hold the thought. Hold the thought. The Rambam writes here that a woman should not wear a ring without a signet even. Even though it's one of her pieces. 
What are we concerned about? We're concerned about that she's going to be in a public domain. And rings were not so commonplace in that world. And she would take the ring off and show it to her friend. And while she's talking, she'll carry it. Again, rabbinic decree. Women are always showing off their jewelry. <laughs> Look what I got. And if she did go out with it, even though she's being told not to, by halacha ptura, she's not liable. But a man may wear his signet ring, because for him it is ornamental. I mean, who are you if you don't have a signet ring to sign deals? And men don't show off their signet rings. Now the Rambam writes, It is the accepted culture nowadays, says the Rambam. Nowadays is 850 years ago. That people should not wear rings on Shabbos in a public domain at all. And here we go to a note. This is in the Moznaim Rambam, and you find this all over. That although... All Talmudic authorities prohibit women from wearing jewelry in a public place on the Shabbos. Back then, from the era of the Geonim, a little bit later onward, and particularly in the Ashkenazic community, it has been customary for women to wear jewelry. So nowadays women do wear jewelry outside. What are the reasons? So he brings down two primary arguments for this leniency, where women today do wear jewelry. A, today there's no concept of a true public domain because there are few or no places through which 600,000 people pass at one time. And we talked about this earlier. Since the restrictions against carrying in a Carmelis, which would be the rabbinic public domain in a place there is no, where there is no 600,000 at one time, are only safeguards against carrying in a public domain, it would be improper to impose a safeguard against carrying in a Carmelis for a safeguard is not instituted for a safeguard. So you don't have the double safeguard. That's one reason. Except that there are difficulties. First of all, the Rambam doesn't accept this principle. Second of all, there are very large metropolises which are enumerated, such as places as London and New York and so on, which are considered a public domain where you could have 600,000 people passing in a short time. The second reason, which is probably the main reason, and that is that the socio-economic climate of the age has changed. In the Talmudic period, most women did not have jewelry. Nor did they see their friends that often. Nor did they have private places in which to socialize. Therefore, when they had jewelry, when they saw their friends always in a public domain, they would take it off. Therefore, there was reason for the concern that jewelry will be taken off and displayed in a public domain. When the above-mentioned conditions changed, the suspicion no longer applied, and there was no reason for this stringency, therefore it is acceptable, by and large, today, that women do not hesitate, by and large, to wear jewelry in public places. Now, moving right along... A woman who goes out wearing a pin, like a needle, with an eye. A needle with an eye is a sewing needle. 
A sewing needle is not, is not jewelry. Therefore, women are liable for transferring them on Shabbos. Because they sew, and they carry needles by sticking them into their clothing. Therefore, they are considered to have carried the needle in an ordinary manner. You can't say, oh, this is jewelry. It is a sewing needle. Sewing needles are not jewelry. So therefore, if she went out with a sewing needle in her garments, she is liable. But the man is exempt. Why? Because he doesn't sew. So if he's wearing a sewing needle, he must consider it an ornament. A man who went out with a needle or a pin that's not, that doesn't have an eye, not a sewing needle, Chayav is culpable. Because for him, this is not jewelry. But the woman is exempt. Because for her, it's jewelry. It's her jewelry. As we learned earlier, the only reason our sages prohibited it is perhaps she will remove it and show it to her friends and then carry it. Which we talked about. The fact that nowadays that would not be applicable. This is the rule. Anybody who goes out into the public domain with something that's not his jewelry, not his or her jewelry, and it's not a garment, and takes it out in the normal fashion in which that item is used, he is liable. <coughs> Furthermore, anyone who goes out with their own ornament, but it's loose, Remember, we learned loose is a problem. The could fall easily, and he will subconsciously begin to carry it in a public domain. It's a problem. A woman who goes out with jewelry that she'll usually show off. These are exempt but forbidden. But anything that is clearly ornamental. And does not fall off easy. The ain darker and it's not normal to take it off and show it off. It's permissible to go out with. Therefore, a bracelet which is put on the wrist or on the thigh. A woman may go out with that on Shabbos. As long as it's tight. The will not easily slip off. similar because people will not take it off to show it off. A woman should not go out with woolen strands or linen strands or straps attached to her head, whatever the style was. Here we're concerned with a new concern. A woman is going to have to immerse in a mikvah on Friday night. She's going to remove these things from her head because you don't immerse with them. She's not going to want to take the time to put it back on. So she's going to <coughs> carry it home, going through a public domain. And of course, all of these laws, needless to say, are applicable in places that don't have a kosher Arab. If a place has an Arab, that's a whole different ballgame. Not with a ornament. 
which was like a plate, like a front plate that she would wear on her forehead. Or they used to have bangles of gold that would hang from the front, let down her cheeks, unless they're sewn together. Not with a gold crown on her head. Not with chains worn by young girls in their culture, in the Arabic culture. In order that they shouldn't take large strides. That they not ruin their virginity. They used to have them in chains which would limit the size of their strides. That was the culture. So a woman is not permitted to wear that because... It is problematic, and she'll carry it. Lest they fall, and the normal inclination will be to pick it up and carry it. A woman should not go out wearing a necklace, or not with a flask of perfume attached to her forearm. Not with a small round pouch in which balsam oil is placed. It's called a keveles or kecheles. Nor should she wear a garment of alien hair, which we call a wig today. Which is sitting on her head. In order that a woman with very little hair should appear to have a lot of hair. And in the notes he brings down that nowadays we talked about the fact that jewelry is commonplace. So jewelry is commonly worn. Wigs are not like, they don't make wigs today like they used to. Wigs are commonplace and people don't take off their wigs. So therefore all of these laws do not apply in today's transformed culture as it relates to all these, to many of these items. Or a woolen pad that goes around her face. Or with a false tooth. Because we're afraid she's going to take out her false tooth. Or it's going to fall out and she's going to carry it. Or a gold tooth. Or a crown which is sitting on a blackened tooth. Or a reddened tooth. And of course dentistry has changed. And today all of these things are permissible because they make false teeth and gold teeth different than they used to. Today they're called implants. A silver tooth is permissible because it's not so noticeable so she won't take it out. All of these are forbidden to go out with. We're concerned that they'll fall out. She's going to carry him. She'll take it out. She's going to show it. Say, oh, did I get a new gold tooth? Take a look. Eight. Anything our sages prohibited us to go into the public domain with. <clears throat> may, we may not even carry into a semi-private courtyard without an Erev. Chutz, mikobul o peyashosar, with the exception is a face pad or a wig. Shemutalotzis bohem lechotzis enum orebis, where one may go out to a yard that doesn't have an Erev e that doesn't have that sharing 
symbol between the neighbors, because if this is what the woman wears, then we want her to be attractive to her husband and not the opposite. A woman who goes out carrying an empty flask, which doesn't have perfume, is liable. It's certainly not something that makes sense for her to go out with, so she's liable. Tess. A woman may go out wearing strands of hair that are attached to her head because she can immerse in the mikvah with them. They're not considered an interruption. Therefore, if she had to immerse, she would not have to remove them. Where we should prohibit it and tell her she cannot wear it because she'll carry it. Whether they were hers, or they were her friends, or she took an ornamentation which is normally used for an animal ornamentation. An older woman should not wear a younger woman's. Because when an older woman has a younger woman's ornament, she brags about it. We're concerned she'll take it off and brag and then end up carrying it. But a young woman may go out with an older woman's ornament. The reason is because she won't brag. Anything woven, she may wear on her head. A woman may go out wearing strands tied around her neck. Because she doesn't tie them tightly. She won't choke herself with them, so they're not considered an interruption for immersion in the mikveh. Therefore, we're not concerned that she'll carry them. But if they were died, they are forbidden, perhaps she will show them off and end up carrying them. A woman may walk out with a gold ornament that only VIP women wear, because she won't remove it, because that's not dignified. She may go out with a frontlet of gold on her forehead or bangles of gold that hang, provided that they're sewn to her head covering so that they will not fall off. Similar situations. A woman may go out with wadding in her ear like cotton, as long as it's really bound tight in her ear, or stuffed tight in her ear, or a wad in her sandal to make the sandal more comfortable, provided that it's bound to the sandal, or for the menstrual discharge, even though it's not tied, even if it has a handle to remove, because if it falls, she's not going to carry it, because it's repulsive. She can walk out sucking on a pepper or a grain of salt or any items which were used for bad breath. She shouldn't put them into her mouth to begin with. But if she's already have it, if she has it in her mouth, she can walk out with it. Women may go out with slivers of wood like toothpicks in their ears, or with bells on their necks or garments, or with a cloak fastened to a makeshift button. A woman may fasten her cloak in this manner using a stone or a nut on the Shabbos and go out. 
However, she shouldn't make a ruse and claim that she's tying this ornament around the nut, but she really wants to take the nut out for her kid to play with. She should not fasten her cloak using a coin, because if it's really a coin, you're not allowed to use it. it. We learned earlier, if the coin is an ornament, you are, so she shouldn't do it to begin with. But if her cloak was fastened to a coin, she may go out wearing it. These days they have like, like a a necklace or something that has coins in it, if it's an ornament, then it loses its status as a coin. You'd give a man way walk out with a toothpick in his teeth. If it fell, he shouldn't restore it. What about wadding or a sponge or a bandage on a wound? As long as he doesn't bind them with a cord or a string, the cord or the string is important to him, and they don't really help the wound. One may put garlic peel or onion peel on a wound, or whatever they used back then, he can bind it and unbind it on Shabbos, or bandages, or compress, or dressing on a wound, or a cella on a foot sore, or a locust egg, these are various things that they used back then for healing purposes, or a fox tooth, a nail from the gallows, Anything that they used to hang on a person's body, which they believe bring cure, provided that a doctor, not only a witch doctor, but a real doctor says it will help. Is there a doctor? In, no. Okay, 14. A woman may go out with an event kuma, with a tkuma stone, or with the weight of a tkuma stone. A weight equivalent to that of a tkuma stone, which is purported to have similar positive effect of healing. Whose weight or his intent is for healing, commonly it was used for pregnant women, not only a pregnant woman, even other women, perhaps she will conceive and then abort. She can also wear an amulet that was approved by experts as an amulet. What is that? An amulet that has healed at least three people. Or produced by somebody who has healed at least three people with other amulets. If he went out with an amateur's amulet, butter, then he's exempt but not permissible. Because he wore it. So also somebody walks out wearing tefillin on Shabbos. Tefillin is not worn on Shabbos. But they're worn. Potter, he's not liable, but it's forbidden. 15. Somebody who has a wound on his foot. He can go out wearing one sandal on his healthy foot. Again, the concern is that he's going to carry it. If he has no wound, he should not go out with one shoe. 
A child should not wear, a small person should not wear big shoes. But can he wear a big garment? Because big garments work for small people. A woman should not wear a loose shoe. Or a brand new shoe. Which she didn't wear for at least a while. Because new shoes hurt and she's going to end up carrying them. Rather, God forbid a one-legged man may not go out wearing his wooden leg. <coughs> Again, we're concerned that he's going to carry it. We should not go out wearing wooden shoes because they're not usually worn on Shabbos. They're not garments. If they did, they're exempt. Sixteen One may go out wearing tufts of flax or a woolen wig worn by men with sores on their heads. So this is okay. When does When he colored them with oil and wound them around. Went out a while before Shabbos. They didn't do anything with Shabbos. Did not go out wearing them before Shabbos. It's forbidden to go out with them. 17. We may go out wearing coarse sackcloth, tent cloth, a thick woolen blanket, or coarse wrap as protection because of rain. But we may not go out wearing a chest, a container, or a mat as a protection against the rain. A pillow and a blanket. If they're soft and pliable, like garments. You're allowed to wear them on your head. Garment style on Shabbos. We might have caution, but if they were hard, they're like a burden, and they're forbidden. 18 yeds in Bezig and Arug and Bibgodim. We may go out with bells woven into our clothes. A servant may go out wearing a clay seal around his neck, which says who he works for. But not with a metal seal. I know it's heavy, it'll fall, and they'll have to carry it. And Jewish slaves were Jewish, and they had to observe the Shabbos. So therefore, they have the same laws. If somebody wraps himself in his talis, and he folds it here and there, or on his hand or on his shoulder, in the skabed, his intent is to gather the ends together so they not tear or they don't become dirtied. In that case, he's not wearing it normally. Also, it's forbidden because he's carrying it. But if he gathered it together because of a particular vogue or style of that time, then it's permissible. 19. If he has a talus, Folded and laying on his shoulder, is liable. But he may go out with a wrap over his shoulders. Even though he has nothing wound around his finger. But any head covering that's not wrapped around the majority of the head, one is permitted to one is prohibited to go out with it. If there's a short head covering that's not wide, 
he should have them tied beneath, below his shoulders. So it's like a belt, and he may go out with it. 20. Permitted to wrap oneself in a talus that has unwoven strands at the edges, no seam. Even though they're long strands. Even though they're not the beauty of the talus. Because they're subservient, they're nullified relative to the talus, and they're not an issue. He doesn't care if they are or they aren't, they're irrelevant. This translates into another halacha, that if somebody goes out wearing a talus, whose tzitzis are not halachically tied, chayav, he's liable. Because they, those are important. He knows he has strands, he knows he has to tie them, his mind is on them. Until he fixes them, they'll become kosher tzitzis. Therefore, he's not allowed to do that. But a talus that has the tzitzit according to halacha, one may wear it by day or even at night when the mitzvah of wearing tzitzit is not necessarily there. Because the completed garment of tzitzit is not a burden. The strings become part of the ornament of the garment, which beautifies it. Would the strands of the tzitzes be a burden? One would be culpable, even anyone who wore the tzitzes on Shabbos, because the question is whether a positive mitzvah, such as tzitzes, that does not have the punishment of the cutting off of the soul, like two other positive mitzvahs. Circumcision has the punishment of the cutting off of the soul. Eating of the paschal sacrifice, bringing a paschal sacrifice, has that punishment. Those are the two positive commandments that have that punishment. But ordinary positive commandments do not have the punishment of the cutting off of the soul. By and large, those mitzvahs do not override the Shabbos. And therefore, the fact that tzitzis may be worn on Shabbos means it's an ornament rather than it overrides it. 21 layet, it's a garment. A tailor may not go out on Shabbos with a needle stuck into his clothes because what that needle says is, I am a tailor. And on Shabbos, you shouldn't be a tailor. A carpenter with a sliver of wood beyond his ear, which was the culture back then. Or a weaver with a wool in his ear. Or a cart or a flax with a string around his neck. A banker or money changer with a coin in his ear. And a, a, one who dies material with a sample in his ear. That was the culture. You're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. If he went out with those things, Potter is exempt. Not liable, even though he went out by style of his trade, because he didn't do it in the normal way of normal people taking it out. 22, somebody who has an abnormal flow, such as venereal disease, or, or like it, who has a cup or a covering, Chayev is culpable for carrying that covering or cup on Shabbos. Because that's the only way you take this pocket out. Even though he doesn't need 
that which he's taking out, he needs what it does. He only wants to make sure that his garments are not soiled. The Rambam established that a labor that one does not need for the body of the labor is still something that he's liable for. 23. What if he finds tefillin in a public domain on Shabbos? Tefillin is not a Shabbos garment. So what should he do? But because of the sanctity of the film, we're told and he puts them on normally. He puts the hand film on in his hand. The head film on in his head. Then he goes into the house and removes them. He goes out again. He puts on the second pair. He found like a truckload. And takes them out. Until... He'll bring them all into a safe, secure environment. What if there were so many? There's no time during the day to do it. Wearing it, then he stands there and waits until it gets dark, until Shabbos is over. And he can take them in in a weekday manner after Shabbos. If it was a time of decree, he's afraid there are laws decreed by the hostile Neighborhood he lives in, and he's afraid to be caught with the tefillin. He covers them, tries to conceal them, and he goes on his way. He's afraid to stand there because of robbers. And he can take all of them at one time. We learned this earlier that if, as long as one does not carry something in a public domain on Shabbos, more than four amos, which means he stops within four amos, that is technically permissible, forbidden without reason, but technically he doesn't violate. So that's one way, because this is tefillin. Another way we learned is he gives him to his friend within the four cubits, and his friend gives him to the next friend within the four cubits. You could do it a hundred times, you can go miles that way. Only for great need. If they had the straps and they're 100% filmed. But if the straps were not on them, and we're not really sure that film, then he doesn't do that. 25, if he finds a Torah scroll, he sits and watches it until it gets dark. In times of danger, he leaves it. What if it's raining and it'll get ruined? He wraps himself in the Torah like he would wrap himself in leather skin. And he covers it. And he wears the Torah. The tailor should not go out carrying the needle, and a scribe should not go out carrying his pen at of Shabbos on Friday afternoon, near dark, lest he forget and get stuck with it. This is a very important rule. Today, a person must go through his pockets on the eve of Shabbos as it's about to get dark. Check your pockets. Lest he forgot something, the Yetzir Baby Shabbos, and he'll carry it on Shabbos, as happens quite often. One may go out wearing tefillin on Friday as it's about to get dark. 
The rule with film is you always have to touch the film. He's going to be aware as it gets near dark that he's wearing film. We won't forget them. If he did forget and he went into the public domain, and he reminded himself that he's wearing film. He covers his head. Until he reaches his home, until he reaches the house of Torah study, lest the people who see him get the impression that, hey, look at this guy, he's wearing Tzvon on Shabbos, must be acceptable. End of chapter 19.